Tom Bernard Show with Doug Sprinthal, Katie Harms, Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, Cassie Schrader. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. We got to do something really fun yesterday. So last fall, we donated uh, money to uh, an organization called Donors Choose. And what this is, it's for school teachers that want to raise money for projects in their school. And they write up a little blurb about it. It goes on a website. Anyway, everybody that bought a car from us for three months, we gave them a, a $10 uh, coupon to, to go in and support their local communities, which we thought was pretty cool. Well, not everybody did it, so we had an extra thirty grand left over. So we got the marketing team together yesterday, sat in a room, and went through all these requests, and we just started filling. It was the coolest thing in the world. Because it's mostly inner city schools, a lot of special needs. Yeah, no, it's right. So we were, we, were, we were giving points for creativity. There was one that was like so, uh, a teacher wanted $400 for stools, but the title was No Loose Stools in School. Ah, well, that's worth Thank $400 you. Bucks right there. So yeah, exactly. If, uh, it was a cool thing, and it's one of the reasons I like the, the Walzer uh, the organization. They yes. have a foundation, and they do a lot of great things like that. That's but just wonderful. to target it right in specific classes, it was that's really, really neat. nice. It is a wonderful thing, and so, as a wonderful human being, that is Doug Sprinthal. Rainmaker. Rainmaker. Yeah, that's it. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. I'm glad you played the Julie Roberts song. She was very happy yeah, you played her song. Great. Yeah, was great. I'm going to download some of her music. It's on Amazon Music, the Prime. Yeah, good. Wonderful yeah. guest book today, ladies and gentlemen. Catherine Marsh now joins us. Catherine, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me, Tom. We have, we have two Catherines now, one with an R-Y-N and one with an R-I-N-E. Yes, I'm sorry you don't spell your name right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the same thing to you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you have Yes, Catherine, my lovely wife, and Catherine Marsh with us. Uh, nowhere Boy, which, by the way, makes me feel very lonely. I want you to know that. A title. It's <laughs> a very lonely title, don't you think? It is a lonely title, but it's about two lonely boys, so yep, it fits. Yep. No, it does, absolutely. Nowhere Boy is a timely, poignant tale of family sacrificing the friendship between a young Syrian refugee and an American boy living in Brussels. Set against the backdrop of the Syrian refugee crisis, award-winning author Catherine Marsh delivers a gripping, heartwarming story of resilience, friendship, and everyday heroes. We need more of that in the world, Catherine. Mm-hmm. We really do. Oh, you bet. You bet we do. I've been out of the country for three years, and now I'm back, and uh, the country has changed a lot in those years. Yeah. For the better and or for I the worse? And, well, I, I would say that in terms of the way we treat each other, for the worse. Yeah, I agree completely. And we, we, we think, you know, there, there are, usually I don't pay attention to questions that are posted uh, on, on uh, my website from talking about guests. It's basically your publisher 
or producer or whomever. But a couple of the questions that they asked me to ask you, I, I absolutely would, would ask you these things. There are some fascinating things. And one of those questions was, by the way, now that you're back in America, what frightens or worries you most about raising your children here? I think it's a great question for you. It is a great question, and I think more than anything, it's just being in a, a society where there's a lot of hatred right now mm-hmm. and a lot of fear. Um, and that's something I, I, one reason I decided to write this book is because when I was in Europe, this, this book is set in 2015 in Belgium, and I was seeing a sort of precursor to what I'm seeing now in the U.S. I mean, there are a lot of these issues that were coming up, uh, a lot of fear and nativism that was engulfing Europe that year. Um, that, you know, coming back to my own homeland, I'm seeing a lot of the, those same, you know, fears uh, here as well. Yeah, I, I don't really understand, Catherine, where we've gone. Because okay, I, I tend to be kind of a centrist, to tell you the truth. My mother was an ardent Democrat. I've been a Democrat and a Republican in my life and didn't really care for the edges of either party. The, the parties themselves are fine. It's just the extreme edges are really annoying. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd be pretty much a, a centrist right now. And I don't understand uh, on either it's the, the far right or the far left, if you don't agree with everything I say, I hate you. What is that? Yes. It's, I mean, I think that we've gotten into this uh, sort of uh, fight or flight kind of behavior yeah. pattern with yep. each other mm-hmm. um, where we just can't listen. Um, and, and that's something that was at the heart of this book for me is writing about this for young people um, because Children pick up on these attitudes. Children oh, yeah. pick up on what's going on in the news. And, you know, I wanted to uh, have a story that sort of gave them a way to operate in these kind of conditions and to feel that they weren't helpless. How old are your children? I think it's how children? a lot of adults feel. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> I was curious, how old are your children, Catherine? My children are 10 and 7. Oh, man. Yeah, those are ages where you worry yeah. about everything. So they're young. Yeah. Well, Catherine. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the first hour of the show today, you can tell them about, uh, and they can do a little research on a, a woman named Julie Roberts. Not Julia Roberts, but Julie Roberts. She's a country singer, and this woman uh, has an amazing life. She wanted to be a country and western singer her whole life. She achieved that goal and then found out she had MS. Uh, it took her a long time to establish her career. She found out she had MS. Then she lost everything because the river in Nashville, Tennessee flooded. She lost everything. But she has she has MS. She had she said to make it. Um, by the way, she was beaten constantly as a child by her father. She has the most positive, wonderful attitude. She laughs constantly. Uh, so to talk to her and then talk to you is kind of like, it's kind of making my day, Catherine, I'll tell you that, <laughs> seriously. I like to hear a positive message. I'm really tired of that, oh, I hate you stuff. Because I hear it all the time, yeah. that people hate me. So you know, Catherine, what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I think there's, there's definitely a lot of that. And, you know, I think, I think we really have to find ways to talk to each other again. And, yep. uh, you know, I, I think... M- people do have a lot in common when they get past a lot of their initial, you know, presumptions about other people. Um, and it's very important, I think, at this point in time to, to open ourselves up and get outside of our comfort zones, which is something that living abroad makes you do. It forces you to do. Yeah. Well, I suppose that is true. That's a very, that's a very good point, that, that it forces you to kind of adjust to their, not their, necessarily their mores, but their, their society and the way they, they do run their lives. That, that's a very good point, as a matter of fact. I, I just, um, again, I, it makes me very, very happy to do these interviews because I learn new things every day from pretty much everybody I ever, ever interview. I learn something. I like doing that. So I, I don't think in any way, shape, or form that I have all the answers. Therefore, I, I have no business not liking someone because they don't agree with me. I have a friend sitting to my left right now uh, who tends to be a little little further left politically than I am, but I've learned a great deal from Doug. That's a good, if I, you shut up and listen, I mean, if even Doug can make a good point. <laughs> wow. You know what I'm saying, Catherine? <laughs> no, I, I just like it. I well, like to learn things. 
Yes, yes, and I think it, most people want their their world to get a little bigger rather than a little smaller. I mean, it's it's you know not as interesting to just be trapped in your own head, and do, in your own do point they, of though? view and way of thinking. Do do they do, do they people real, get trapped? I think well, well, I think people totally get trapped. But do they? Hi, sorry, Katie Harms here. Do they really? We have a Katie, a Catherine, and a Catherine. And, I, this and is I'm great. actually a Mary Catherine, and I was going to, I was going to reference my daughter Catherine, who lived in Europe for three years. <laughs> so now you're four. Now, are, are, you, are, are you, you with a C? Yeah, no. Okay, I'm Mary Catherine, split. spelt okay. the correct way: K A T H E R I N E. No, no, no. Exactly. Okay. Mm. All right. So we so have four Catherines. Now. Yes, okay, we're we're, at, we're talking about four different. Talking mm-hmm. to or about. <laughs> You you said most people want to expand their circle. That's what I find interesting, and I think the older people get the more set in their ways, and they don't think about expanding their circles, and that's the problem because they think they should know everything. What's interesting? Yeah, well, there's truth to that. There's truth to that, but I think at the same time when people start to expand their horizons, sometimes when they're forced to, especially when you're in experience of being outside of your country or your comfort zone, mm-hmm. I think then you realize the great benefit of it. But sometimes people don't realize it until they're kind of forced outside of that comfort zone. See, it's been the exact opposite for me. The older I get, the more I want to learn. Uh, it, seriously, I, I want to find out the things that I've done mistakenly, the, 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 the correct decisions I've made. Uh, you know, Catherine, my wife, made a horrible decision by marrying me. But, you know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I can forgive her for that. But, yeah, I want to learn more. Uh, I This show is established. I also do a morning show in this market. I've been on the same morning show for 33 years. But I, we started this afternoon show because I love talking to people like you and Julie Roberts and all our guests because I learn things. I love to learn things. And honestly, how much Leonard Skinner can one person listen yeah, to in right, 33 exactly. years? The more Leonard Skinner. But I, so what I want to do now is be quiet and hear about Nowhere Boy from, from your own your own head. What's it all about? And, and what got you to write? I think I know what got you to write the book, but maybe you could <laughs> tell the listener. Well, well, there's some, this is such a personal book for me, really. Yeah. And the basic story, I'll just give it to you, is that this is the story of an American boy, Max, who's kind of an underachiever in a family of achievers. And his family moves to Brussels for a year. Um, and he develops a friendship with a uh, Syrian orphaned refugee named Ahmed, um, who doesn't want to be in Belgium either. And it's about the relationship of both these boys. And you, you mentioned the title, Nowhere Boys, sounding very sad. And both these boys kind of feel like they're nowhere. They feel disconnected and isolated. Um, and it's about their friendship developing. And what made me want to write this book was partly the experience of living abroad and my children going to a French-Belgian school. We totally immersed them. We threw them in. They didn't speak any French, um, and they really had to adapt and the difficulty of that. Um, but also watching the refugee crisis happen around us, which 2015 was the height of the refugee Mm. crisis. There are a million refugees coming into Europe. Um, And at the same time, there are terror attacks occurring, including in Brussels. Um, And so we experienced all of that. And there was a lot of fear, um, you know, that people were feeling. And I really wanted to write about uh, this for young people and help them process, uh, you know, what was going on in the world. Yeah, I I think it's wonderful. I read the description of the book that was sent to me. I read uh, uh, the book. I had a great time reading the book. I, I, one thing I, that's sticking in my mind, and I'll get this out of the way, Catherine, it has nothing to do with anything except for the fact that uh, Ahmed is uh, one of the characters in the book. The Minnesota Vikings, the local football team here in Minnesota, had a wide receiver back mm-hmm. in the day named Bobby Moore. He is a young black man from America, yeah. and he changed him. his name mm-hmm. from Bobby Moore to Ahmad Rashad. But Bud Mm -hmm. Grant, the head coach of the football team, said, look, if you're going to change your name, we're going all the way. So from that day forward, Bud Grant referred to him as Ahmed Rashad. (laughs) Is that great? How great is that? That, That's a story. I didn't know that. So, yeah, I mean, it's – so this book is really about the experience of these two boys as they, uh, you know – sort of meet and, uh, you know, survive in Europe during this very tumultuous year. Um, And when I wrote it, of course, you know, this was really a story about Europe, but I think more and more over the past three years, this has become a story that's about America, too. Oh, I think that's very true. Yeah, absolutely, it's about America, too. It's about the entire world, isn't it? That's right. That's right, because we're really all in this together, and I think that, you know, that's the danger of isolationism right now, is that, you know, we think we can, you know, 
preserve our own way of life by keeping away from other people. But I think that's impossible in this world, in this time, and it's very, it's very global. Um, I, I, th- I think there are, you know, difficulties all over. I think you're right, and, and trying not to sound overly hopeful, but I, I have four kids that are a little bit older than yours. They're teenagers, but they really are the hope for the solution to this because they're growing up in a much more multicultural world than, mm-hmm. than most of us grew up in. Sure. And when I look at the friends that yeah. my kids have, and in a sub- suburb of Minneapolis, I mean, this isn't like New York City, but still, I mean, they've got friends from all corners of the earth, and they all seem to get along pretty well. So hopefully that will continue. Yes, well, I, ho- I hope it does, because I think there's, you know, there's certainly a lot of uh, hate that's in the, you know, in the environment right now. And it's something that I think, uh, you know, kids hopefully will learn how to grapple with and how to separate feelings and, and, and facts, because I think that's something that people were struggling with, too, in Europe, um, you know, with these terror attacks going on, and people were saying, oh, we don't, the refugees, you know, but the refugees were not actually causing the terror attacks. The terror attacks were being caused by, uh, you know, people who were actually European citizens who'd been born in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really took an effort to kind of learn the facts and, and understand them and not let them influence feelings and get fearful of anyone who seemed different. Julie, you mentioned a word earlier, nativism, which I thought was interesting. And can you talk a little bit more about that in the context of the book and the, your thought process on it? Yes. I mean, nativism to me was the, I, you know, what I saw of people not wanting others in their life, not wanting others in their country. Um, And this goes kind of back, I think, a little bit to probably Tom's philosophy, but I think that there were real discussions to be had that people needed to be having about how to integrate, you know, a million people, that that really was something that had to be discussed. I I feel like it's wrong to just say, oh, that's easy, everyone should help and it's going to happen. And, um, you know, that is a very difficult thing to do. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you can have those discussions and also keep an open mind, realize that people are coming from incredible situations of war and violence, um, and that a lot of these refugees were themselves fleeing ISIS, um, and that, you know, that there are ways to be generous and to still not revert to prejudice or fear. Um, But, you know, part of the problem is it's hard to have these conversations now because everyone takes a side right away, and then we get angry at each other. Um, And, you know, I really feel we need to listen and hear each other out and and try to find some common ground. And not have any discussions about it until we look at our 23andMe background. Yeah, there you go. Find out who <laughs> you are. And realize who we actually are. <laughs> That's a wonderful point. And, you know, part of the reason I was so inspired to write this is I have three grandparents who are immigrants to this country. And one of them actually came through Mexico because she was actually from Eastern Europe. She's from the Ukraine. But she had trouble getting into the country because of the 1924 uh, oh, Immigration yeah. Act that yeah. excluded people from Eastern Europe saw them as undesirables. Um, and so she came in through Mexico. And it's, you know, it's often a question of perspective of, of who becomes the undesirable. And you can see that in the history of immigration in the U.S. I mean, the Irish were considered an undesirable for a long time. And, well, they had you know, a there's a whole They're cycle not. of different people. <laughs> <laughs> we kid. Something changed. No, yes. I, I, uh... yes, there's a whole cycle. There's a whole cycle, you know, and, and, and this is part of our history, too. And that's important. You know, this is part of our history, too, is our fear and our nativism. It is. Um, but I think our best moments come when we, when we, you know, fight it and we open ourselves up to different people. Catherine Marsh, you're a wonderful guest. Nowhere a boy, the name of the book. It's available Thank everywhere. You. And we need to talk again. You're, like, I'm having a wonderful day learning things. It's wonderful. Thank you. Wonderful. I'm, I'm, I really enjoyed talking with you, too, Tom, and Thank all you. the Catherines. And all the Catherine's and the Doug and the Andy. Catherine Marsh, thank you very much. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom here to tell you how easy it was for me to hit my goal of 92.5 pound weight loss at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth with their weight loss plan. I started in March and in just over five months I learned about clean eating and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods. I'm now on the reset phase and then on to the Nutramost Forever Maintenance Program which I'll be talking about more in the weeks to come. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did. Attend the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner. It's on Monday, September 17th, 6.30 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. I'll see you there. Those extra pounds melt away really fast with this easy program. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutramost helped me change my life, and they can help you too. 
I guarantee you that. Register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner. It is on September 17th. Call 763-333-7337. That is 763-333-7337. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. Do do do, I uh, I'm having one of those periods right now where I'm just very very happy to be meeting a bunch of different people. Last night we met Anne who owns Lat 14, Latitude 14, a wonderful person. She tried her best to be to be polite and kind and pretended to know who I was, which I just Aww. loved. I do that every day. I, yeah, you pretend <laughs> to know who I am. It's true. I was I was cracking up oh. in the la- last segment. I couldn't say anything, but with the three Catherines, it reminded me there's an old Monty Python skit where it's the Australian philosophy department, and everybody's <laughs> name is Bruce. <laughs> lanterns or lampshades on their head. Hello, Bruce. Oh, top of the day to you, Bruce. That was funny. See, Sorry. that stuff is great. Right. That's the, but yeah, I mean, so, so we meet Anne last night. Mm-hmm. Very, very nice. Great restaurant very. too. Oh, by the way, really good yum, restaurant. Yum, yum, yum. You won't be able to get in there for six months now. We have a code word. We have a code word so we can get in. To get oh, in. love it. What a great <laughs> idea. <Is it> <laughs> no. <laughs> what did she say again? The great Tom Bernard or the, the Tom the. Bernard? She said, oh, the Tom Bernard. I said, I could tell by the way you said that you have no idea who I am, which was wonderful. He's just, she was trying to be very, very polite. Yeah, uh, then we have Julie food. Roberts on. She gets through MS. She gets through being beaten to a pulp as a child. She gets through being flooded and losing everything. Laughs constantly, just has a wonderful attitude. Wonderful attitude. Then Catherine comes around. Not Catherine, my wife, but, you know, (laughs) Catherine Marsh comes on. She's fantastic. Why don't people seek out what makes them happy rather than bitch and piss and moan constantly about everything they don't like about the world? I don't know, Tom. Why do they? Because they're married (laughs) to you. Oh, yeah. Okay, jump on the bandwagon. Don't worry about my feelings. It's women. It's just guys. It's guys that mess everything up. That was, that was my gun control idea. I know exactly just, what she meant. Oh. My gun control idea was let, let's make it legal for only women to own guns. So it would be over in about a day. Yeah. About a day. Every once in a while, there would be Problems somebody who get pissed solved. off. But for the most part, it would be good. You're absolutely right. But, yeah, I just it makes me happy. Well, first of all, I'm sitting in a room with five people I really like, you know, love. Uh, we have great guests, callers, people call in. I mean, the whole, I just, I guess maybe it, I want to learn new things. There you go. See, now it's all that estrogen coursing through your body. Yeah, I found out I have way too much, much estrogen. You, you have to watch Super Troopers, too. Just find them and watch them, and then you can text me, and, you'll, and I know it'll be F you. Okay, see, here we go. Joe from Louisville sends me a text that says, don't worry, in a day you'll be back to normal. I'm just waiting Thanks, to see you get a text from Catherine. I don't know what to do. Tom's on the couch in sweatpants eating ice cream watching Lifetime and crying. <laughs> Oh, that was that wasn't lifetime. It was what was it again? Oh, you've already done that. Oh, we oh, saw. Won't you be cream. my neighbor? Yeah. Oh, oh God. Yeah, we both oh. cried when that little boy in the wheelchair no, started singing with him. Oh, no, you haven't seen it? I haven't it? seen it yet. Oh, no, no, no. God. Wait, oh. I can take my headphones off. Okay, Katie, I'll tell you. I won't tell you what it was. Okay. But I'm watching this movie with Catherine. It's the life life of uh, Fred Rogers, and I'm watching it. 
and there's this part I'm watching, and he's so kind and amazingly nice to people, I start crying. But I don't want to look at Catherine because I don't want her to see me tearing up, right? So I'm, I'm looking I'm straight ahead. I'm blubbering over well, there. But you, that's, you just ruined my story. Okay, yeah. sorry. So, way to go, Catherine. Oh fine. Things are returning to normal already. Yeah, now we're returning to normal. But in any case, uh, so I'm tearing up, and I, I don't want Catherine to see that I'm crying about this. And then all of a sudden, from my left ear, I hear... I hate this movie. <laughs> God, that's exactly like Sarah and I. I oh, can, yeah. Oh, I yeah. can tear up at commercials every oh, well, once in a while. Sure. And she's me like, too. sure. What are you crying about? I had two kids. <laughs> I know. There you go. We went to see a movie with Alex, and you, st- and you were like, <laughs> and you I'm would, like, are you crying? You're that like, was, no. That was Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm so was... far behind in my movie watching. Oh, but God, I got to get up to date. Great. Five dollar right. Tuesdays. I think part of that is the innocence of the little boy Fred Rogers is oh, talking to. Absolutely. The innocence in, in Christopher Robin. They don't want to hate anybody. They want everybody to like them, and they want to like everybody. Well, and that's what I love about children. Well, and his message was to listen to children and don't dismiss their feelings, yep. and that their feelings are you know just as important as anybody else's. And it was just like, yeah. This is all true. And he was attacked by the national media for doing it. Yep. The national media attacked him and said, you've ruined America by telling all children they're special. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, I'm sure that'll ruin America. Yeah, he didn't say you're so special you can do no wrong. He never said that. Right, exactly. Like Keith Ellison, he can do no wrong. But anyway, (laughs) moving forward. (laughs) Pain in the ass. Um, Things are definitely returning to normal. They're returning to normal now. Yes, they are. No, I, I just, I find it to be... Look, it's a very dreary day here in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Oh, it's a day. It's dark and it's raining and all the rest of it. Those are the days you really want to step up and go, hey, what's really great and wonderful about the world? Got an Akima Levy Pounds online, too, by the way. <laughs> Akima loves me, man. I remember the last time she was on, I was like, man, she she went... She, she was a little angry by the end of the deal. Where did she go? She's disappeared. I don't know. She's disappeared. She ran for, what, mayor? Mayor of Minneapolis. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think she yes. did. And then she just disappeared. Yeah. She went away. I would guess some uh, major corporation hired her. Yeah. That'd be my guess. What happened? Well, we could look it up. Andy, would you look at Nakima Levy Pounds? Where does she work? She has work a law now? degree. I know she, that. Yeah, she's right. a very smart she, woman. She's a very she smart. Taught at St. Thomas. I, I didn't know what she was doing, and I can't remember now. But I did oh, see really? something came across my desk. Some sort of an invite that involved her, or I saw. I I don't know. She probably runs Target now. No, she's working right. for the NRA. <laughs> she might be working National Rifle Association. Yes, that's exactly what it is. But yeah, that's. I mean, I, what what Catherine uh, Marsh said, and and what Julie Roberts was talking about with her children, and when she was a child, and all the rest of it. Children want you to like them, and they want to like you. Why do we lose that? I don't know. It happened. Puberty. <laughs> I say it's like puberty. I said, maybe maybe Most the reason I'm so happy is that I found out I have a surge of estrogen going on because of, of my age or whatever. But you know, we're gonna balance surge. it out. Now we're gonna take a bunch of stuff and get really pissed off. So tomorrow I'll be <laughs> I hate everyone. Get away from me. It works that fast? I don't know. I'm just making it up <laughs> making it up as I go along, that's all I know. But uh yeah, it does. I and th- that's why I wanted Julie Roberts to tell her own story so you would find out about the MS through through mm. her lips, you know, from her lips, and the fact that she was flooded out of her house by uh, torrential rainstorms, and she lost everything. And I just hearing it from their own mouths is, I think, really cool. Now, the saddest part of that flood story is a guitar player was the millions because there's all that Nashville is a mecca of musicians mm-hmm. and it's where they yeah. keep a lot of warehouses be- when bands keep all their stuff before oh, they go yeah, on tour yeah. and it took out millions oh, of dollars worth kidding. of it did, yeah. very valuable instruments sitting in warehouses it was what 18 years eight years ago yeah 2010 yep, i think that's right yeah but yeah that's hopefully this show will, will bring something yeah there's some days i rave on and on because they're just things that are way over the top <laughs> Shut up, all of you. I've it never liked anyone on this show. It wasn't me. my fault. It was Play you. Play me. I'm new in the... <laughs> Shut your okay, cake hole over there, sister. Well, Doug was pinching you. himself you so he wouldn't say anything. You owe me. She hit me. She did it. Yeah, that's all I need a safe space. John, did your tooth come out? No. Huh? <laughs> so random. Oh. Yeah, she thought... She looked at me and went what? like... 
Like, what are I you I thought your tooth about? came out again. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, again? Oh, no, no. Here's the deal. Here's what happened. What she's talking about is, I will tell you, again, she makes these statements. I'm like, what are you talking about? So, yeah, because she kept going, and I'm like, what? I thought like, your tooth flew out. No, something did fly out, but oh, it wasn't my tooth. Well, that's good. Oh, it was, it was a actually, chunk of yesterday's Actually, cheese. you know yeah. what it was? I don't think we want to know. Everybody no, raise your easy. hand that wants to know. No, it's easy to Nobody's tell Nobody's raising it was. their hand. To tell her what it was. Actually, I went over, and I'm trying to eat really clean now. Oh, no. Right? What? <laughs> It's not like I ate poop or anything. Oh. Settle down. No, as I was eating these quinoa chips, they're really good. And they're... So it's a quinoa chip came flying out of your mouth. Okay. No, no. Just a mushy part of it apparently oh, was stuck in the back of my mouth. Well, as long as it's not your tooth. Yes, it's, we're fine. He, he super glued back a cap. I did. I did that myself. That That's is true. That's a guy thing. That is true. I did do that because I got If you hit... go to the dentist, they'll just charge a 300 well, don't they bucks clean to do the it or something thing. first? Before the super glue? They, yeah. Or the tooth before you use super yeah. glue? Yes, they will. But anyway, I, I have a It's going in your mouth. It's not like it's clean in there anyway. Exactly. It's not clean in there anyway. But oh, what happened was husband. I got hit in the mouth. I can't remember by what, but I hit in the mouth and it broke a cap on my one of my front teeth, mm. right? So I had to, the thing just, it didn't break the tooth. It just broke it free. So I said, oh, God, this sucks. It's, it was like weekend. So I super glued it back into my own mouth. So she was thinking that it, no, he leaned down to kiss me goodnight, and his tooth falls out into my lap. Oh, I'm like, what the hell? You know, you know what that's all this? about. Turn on the Barry White music, baby. We're getting busy. The I'm reason, like, what? The reason that happened was because I tried to I use a, not a real powerful glue. So Because the right. taste of glue can't be great. No, right? no. So I used not very powerful glue, and it fell out. So I'm I like, finally just. Your tooth you know what I finally did? In your did? pocket and go to the dentist. Remember that crazy glue where the guy glued his helmet to the yeah. eye beam? Right. That's what I used, and it stayed in there ever since. Yeah, but remember remember the, I thought until today. Remember the <laughs> beginning of that Jay Giles song, Take Out Your False Teeth, Mama, I Want to Suck on Your Gums? <laughs> I do. But. So I have a dentist so appointment. I have a dentist appointment to have it. A fix. You do? Yeah. You made it? Are you lying? God, why do I? Why do I put myself through this every this day? Because dentist is red green. You know, I gotta be. I gotta be honest with can you. Can I? Can I come in once a week? Because this is really good therapy right oh, here. I'm telling you, I, 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 we're not even connected to the internet. This is actually a we just do this. high-end therapy session. Andy's the doctor. Really He's not really their son. Very true. No. It's very, very Nobody true. Nobody wants to know. But no, it, 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 that's one thing I'm very proud of. My whole career has been like this from 48 years ago. I just tell people the truth on the air. So I have got nothing to hide. Yes, my I got hit in the face and my tooth did fall out. What was that about six months ago? Something like, uh-huh. something like Yeah, I got hit in the mouth with something and it, it, it broke the tooth free. <laughs> But, you know, it's all the stuff like I got, I got my blood tested. I have too much estrogen. And, and Joe from Louisville goes, oh, don't worry about it. By the end of the show, you'll be your, your old jerk self. So that's good. Uh, the fact that Anna pretended to know who I was. I love that stuff. I guess there are people who get upset, you know, like some of these people who think they're a big deal. You don't, don't you know who I am? No, I have no idea who the hell you are. Happens with actors and actresses a lot. I try to use it. Don't you know who I am? No, I have no idea who the hell you are. Leave me alone. That's what most people say to me, too. Except my own family. My own family. I've told the story probably six years ago, and you don't remember, and you don't remember it happening, but the first time I met you, you you pulled that on me. What? This was in 1990, I think, and the Miata had just come out. You're a lion sack. general sales manager at Metro uh, Mazda on University Avenue. And Tom, and I think you were with him, because this is like 30-some years ago. No recollection. And at the time, Miatas were red hot. We're selling them for Miatas? over Miatas? Yeah. Wait, okay. what year was this? 1990. It was 28 years ago. I might have bought a cart from you. Yeah, maybe you <laughs> and, but I Probably not, because I was an arrogant prick back then. I was just not terrible. Not you! So, yeah, it is you! We have a child! Anyway. Um, oh, God. So we won't even let people test drive them because, I mean, we sell them before we get them, and oh, Tom so comes cool. in, and he got, hey, I got some guy from the radio station who wants to test drive a car. And I guess it, yeah, and so 
I went out and I'm trying to explain to it. And he says, do you know who I am? And I uh, said, you're yeah, lying. I don't care. <laughs> you are lying through your teeth. I am I've not. I've never said that to anybody it in my life. It was a long time ago. So was we much, were both different people. I, I was much less up. mature. Let me ask you this, Catherine. I have to look up the Miata. I don't even know what oh, it was. It was a cute little car. Mazda it was like sports cars. Yeah. Yeah. And it came in on a really good market, right? Yeah. The price of it was right. really a good price. Right, they were relatively right now. Yeah, well, MX5. Back, back then they were like 16 or 17 grand. Mm, I had really? a Mazda 626. So, Catherine, just to, maybe you can be the, the arbitrator here. Was Would you say Tom was more arrogant 30 years ago or less? 30 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great, isn't it? What a great life I have. <laughs> Well, I, I admittedly was way more arrogant than I am now. I well, mean, I suppose when you're younger, men, you are. Yeah. That's oh, true. Yeah. Well, you're, you're insecure. Right. It was yeah, 28 years ago. testosterone yeah. than estrogen. Yeah. Back yeah. Then. yeah you well, do. 30 years yeah, you ago, the, sh- the morning show had just gotten, like, crazy. Oh, they were red hot uh, in 1990. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It was. Yeah. We had a 30 share. Yeah. It Which means that crazy. 75% of people who listen to the radio in this state were listening Jeez. to our show. Is, is that thunder? thunder? That's yeah, thunder. Been, it was been... either, the, either oh. that or my ego that was rumbling <laughs> out there. Crumbling? It's <laughs> <laughs> falling the apart. <laughs> I, I, I swear to God, you know what I'm doing now because of this? I keep putting my tongue up to my tooth going. Is it there? <laughs> is it there? <laughs> so I'll end up knocking it out now, thanks to you. <laughs> you start oh, whistling. Yeah, it's my fault that your microphone. tooth fell out. <laughs> oh, my I tooth did not. Oh, God. I my tooth. <laughs> Honest to God. Why? Shoot. Why? Boy, look at the time. we got to take a break. Be back in a couple minutes. Okay. With our show. Sounds great. John, I just got another complaint about our delivery service. Oh, not again. Yep, we have to do something about our courier service. You know, they're a reflection of us. What happened now? Well, you know that one driver that has the dog that rides with him? Uh-huh. Well, when he got out of his truck to deliver our package, his dog got out and delivered, well, uh, his own package, if you know what I mean. That's it. I want you to call... Priority Courier Experts, because you know they've got more than 500 drivers. And tell them we need... A professional, reliable courier service. And make sure they have internet order entry and real-time tracking you know i had priority courier experts account rep in here about a month ago and who knows how many accounts we could have serviced better if we had just signed up and started using the twin cities largest most reliable on-call courier service what's that number because the next package is going with priority courier experts already dialing 651-748-4477 priority courier experts can we help you can you ever priority courier experts every time you call us we deliver Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. The data point. I just found something out. I won't say who it is. But there's a person in this room <laughs> that 10 days ago weighed more than I do. I like that. It'll work for me. I'm not saying oh, who it is. Oh, you and I got to be close. I weigh 225. Okay, I got six, no, I didn't. seven pounds. No, I didn't. You didn't what? I didn't weigh more than you 10 days ago. Yes, you did. Oh, I did. Yeah, learn to do math. Oh, wait a minute. She goes, oh, wait a minute. I did. I outweighed you by a pound. By one pound. Holy mackerel. I didn't say it was you. I go, oh, sorry. Well, I don't. Well, Tom's like, I'm very very not tied to that. No, I mean, I understand. It's it's a data point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's your heritage? Generally, six foot tall woman. You know, when I'm standing up straight. You're six feet tall, aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm really 5'11 and a half on a scale. Uh, oh, God, it's funny you should ask about my heritage. Uh, Icelandic? My dad was Jewish. My mom was Norwegian. That's my my birth parents. Your mom was known as a shiksa at your dad's house. Uh-huh. But they were never together. They they had a weekend fling. And, oh, they were uh, never right? together. They were never together. So I, I, and I didn't, I didn't know them until I was in my thirties, either one of them. So I was raised in a home where my dad. You didn't know either one was, of them? Not my birth parents. No, because I, I was adopted. 
Yeah, I, I was knew adopted. You, I, yeah. I do remember you telling me about your dad, but I, I didn't know. I met him when I was in my 30s. So I was raised in Roseville Aren't you by in your a 30s little. Now? Ex- I love you again, again. You've <laughs> again. redeemed yourself again. to me. Uh, I yeah. So I met them. I had no interest growing up. I wasn't the kid that said, "You're not my real parent." You know, mm, I was. Right. I had right. a great, really mm. normal. So were you adopted almost at birth? I or? was. Ado- I don't ever remember being told. I was three months old. Okay. But I grew up always knowing that I was adopted. And um, my parents were just dears. My dad was the neatest guy ever, very soft-spoken, very quiet. My mom didn't know what the hell to do with me. I mean, she was just the sweetest little five-foot-four mm-hmm. and uh, lovely. So my dad was German. My mom was um, kind of a mix of everything growing up with. But my heritage is Russian, Jewish, um, Norwegian. Is your dad Mike Gelfand? <laughs> Russian Jew. <laughs> Russian I'm Jew. Russian She's Jewish. six feet tall. Yeah. Well, there is that. Yeah. Six yeah. feet tall. Yeah, it's true. Miguel <laughs> Ben's not your dad. De- definitely not. No. No Definitely question. not. But, it's, it, but maybe it, a lost uncle. I'll take him. Because we, uh, in my family, we always used, I used to sit and wonder about that when I was a kid. Because I am the, ta- the second tallest person in my family. Well, not anymore because I've lost an inch and a half in height. But the second tallest person in my family was six and a half inches shorter than me. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, men and women for some reason. But then, yeah, but if you my didn't all look brothers, exactly alike, yeah. my my yeah, mother's no, brothers though were both six two, six three, that whole deal. So that's where that came from. And Minnie, my grandmother, was six feet tall and weighed two hundred pounds. And, and called was Minnie. Not fat. I love it. Called Minnie. Wilhelm, Wilhelmina. Was her name? But Minnie for a six foot Minnie. tall woman. Is <laughs> Minnie really for kind a six foot tall woman, but she was the greatest. God, she was a wonderful woman. She had a lot of, a lot of strength just because I suppose because she, you did know, she came from a very, She had chutzpah. <laughs> she did indeed. Chutzpah. <laughs> I mean, literally, when I was, I can remember being three, four years old. Grandma, should I do this? You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> So she drank, too. <laughs> no, she never drank. She was not a drinker at all, but she just thought it was funny to t- tell her grandchildren they were idiots. We l- used to laugh about it all the time. Like I said, my favorite thing is playing Monopoly with Minnie, and she rolled the dice, and one of them fell on the floor, and she said, Tommy, pick up that dice. And I said, it's a die, Grandma. And she said, why don't you? <laughs> and I was oh like four God. years old. I was four years old. Nurturing so, lady. <laughs> nurturing lady. That and then did she, like, laugh afterwards or anything? Or yes. no, that was it? No, she would she, like. she laughed, but yeah. she cried a lot, too. She oh. was a very emotional woman. So she had a lot of estrogen. <laughs> she, had, she, Maybe had where you get of, she had a lot of estrogen. <laughs> I've inherited about half it now. <laughs> no, but my mother was that same way. She came tried to come across as really, really tough, but she was a marshmallow. Mm-hmm. I loved her, too. Now let's get to the men in my family. Oh, that's not. <laughs> my grandfather's both a couple of pains in the ass. Other than that, though, everything's good. Yeah. No, heritage, it. heritage, most it's people are not honest about their heritage. Yeah. They try to make it better than it actually is. Well, like, a lot of people no, don't know. I have a funny story about that. I, w- I was talking about 23andMe earlier, mm, but yeah. I did that about, oh, I don't know, five years ago, right? Did 23andMe, saw it, was interested, very Ashkenazi Jew, and all of that found, it was fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um. Fast forward a couple of years later, I end up meeting two half-sisters. They find me. So oh, really? Long story, my birth mother got Alzheimer's, and they were cleaning out her house and putting her into care, and they came across some information on me. And so they reached out to oh, me. Oh, okay. And That's I knew about them. Wild. I knew uh-huh. about them. They did not know about me. So they called and said, we're Patty and Kathy, and we're your sisters. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is like Christmas and the holidays and my birthday all rolled into one. We got together, and it's like we have not skipped a beat. It's incredible having these two women. And I have a real strong sister as well that I was raised with, and she's just lockstep in with the whole thing. So it's really fantastic. So my older sister, Kathy, says to me, go on 23andMe. And I went on 23andMe, and she had gone on it. Yeah. We both were on each other's as sisters, but neither of us had gone back in after we did the initial one. Oh, my God. We would have met at least a year, if not further, before we would have been connected. But I I held back from any connection from them because my birth mother didn't want that to happen. So I, I was... Respecting honoring and respecting her so wishes. Just so I understand how this works, I, I know generally it's a genetic <laughs> heritage thing, but as other people that you may be related to go in 
it refreshes the original report that you had? It does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, well, that's I how had, Dave found out he has he had family. Well, yes, yeah, we had talked about this. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Well, yeah, well, my husband found out he had a daughter, uh, yeah. Jen, that he didn't even know he had. Yeah. So, and that that was fantastic. But now I'm finding a family. We found out my real grandfather is, uh, when it came back, it said we were Eastern European Jewish. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. We had no clue. Well, we found out my real biological grandfather. Who, biological. I like that better than real. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was a jerk. And, uh, <laughs> no, hard to believe. And... Um, he left my grandma when my dad was maybe like two, so my dad doesn't even remember him. Origi- everyone thought he was born in Scotland because that was, was on the marriage certificate to my grandmother. Um, but actually, he was born in Russia, and he was Jewish. And he was the reason why he f- left my grandma because he was about to go to prison for bigamy. He was married oh, oh, to three nice other women gosh. at the sure, same time. So now, typical, because we did we did the ancestry one. So we're finding out all this family. We my dad has about he, he would go around and get these women pregnant and then leave them, and then these women were stuck with four kids. So they had to give them and put them into orphanages because they couldn't afford a single mom with four kids. So back we in learned the... something new. There were Russian Jewish rappers 50 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're fine. My dad, that we know of as of now, he's got about 12 to 14 half-brothers and sisters he didn't oh know my... he had. This oh, is God. so funny God. because my half-brothers from my birth father's side is like, oh, I bet you our dad probably went out and did this. I There's probably other people like you. I would be surprised if you and I are related. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in Minnesota, that's the way it works, right? I know. Wouldn't that exactly. be something yeah, it's, hysterical? It's, it's crazy. It is. And I'm actually, we formed a Facebook group with the family, and we're meeting, I'm meeting cousins I didn't know I had, aunts and uncles I didn't know I had, and we're all trying to get to know each other right now. I don't know how you, with your family, have time for that. I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> well, 85 but kids, not that I many. Know. I multitask. Yeah. I'm very good at that. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's crazy and it and it's it's really neat at the same time. I mean, it's And it's, nobody knows what their heritage until they do this and you're very surprised. And so when we talk about bringing it back to the political discussion about it is Right. There is no pure. There is no. no. I mean, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous God. to think that that there's such hatred over one Mm-hmm. Well, and I've pointed people. out, I am actually built like an ape, so I understand. <laughs> I have no problem with it. Well, you can it, call me a monkey. You can evolution call me is evident. Well, once, <laughs> is exactly. once my sister and I, exactly. once my sister and I got as much information as we could, that's when we were going to break the news to my dad because he had no clue. Mm-hmm. And so we, I just looked at my dad. I go, Dad, you're Jewish. Mazel Tov. And he's like, What? And we showed it to him, and he's like. He was just flabbergasted. I mean, he's fine with it. He just had no clue. Had no clue. So, yeah, it's it's amazing. Did you say oi now? <laughs> oi, Gavolt, look at this. Well, I've always been. I have like four marriages to my name where I've set friends up that have gotten married, and mm-hmm. I always love a good deal. <laughs> oh, God, here I never we like go. to pay retail, so I should have <laughs> Same with me. I, years ago, I should have known. I'm always How's using that for stereotypical and stuff. <laughs> trying to you say that about buck. yourself. <laughs> Well, if you both screw me out of money, I guess that's complete proof. Wow. I just told my daddy, I said I'm owed quite a few Hanukkah presents. That's what well, I told yeah, him. Well, yeah, about, oh, speaking of that, you know, I, the toots. When we, speaking of which, yesterday's um, Yom yes. Kippur's. Yep. Yes, yeah. it was. Yep. Yom Kippur's yesterday. Mm-hmm. My mother, when we were little kids, and she was trying to raise us all by herself, would wrap our Christmas presents in Hanukkah paper because Hanukkah had come and oh, gone. Oh, sure, on and sale, the, sure. Therefore, all the ra- gift wrapping was on sale, so we had to, oi! Why do we have a dreidel? <laughs> Why do I have a dreidel on my, my Christmas presents? My Christmas presents are wrapped in the Star of David. Yeah, What's they going were. on? Exactly she right. totally did that for Andy and Alex. He was Jewish, after all, you know. <laughs> exactly. I, going, I am part Jewish. This is Hanukkah paper, right? No, I meant Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, I know. Where is well, Jesus? Where, where is Jesus right He's now. by the coffee meat. Oh, yes, okay. He's blessing the coffee meat. He's, look, he's looking right at Cassie, by the way, so uh, that's a good thing. But He's my brother in arms over there. Oi. We're, We're Jewish. Oi. 
we were talking about Jesus this morning on the on the morning show. Just wouldn't it be great if Jesus came back and actually had a wonderful sense of humor? I well, be- when he comes back, things are going to change if you, if you believe the book. Exactly. Well, yeah. I don't think it's true. Specific. I don't think we're going to be sitting around watching ESPN. Well, <laughs> what's going to happen is the believers will leave, and everyone else will be left here forever, basically. Well, that's so what, at that point you can says. watch ESPN. Well, that's true. <laughs> I, I just Proving want to that hell is on Earth. Finally, right? I can yeah. watch ESPN and sports without my wife. We won't need the HOV lanes anymore. <laughs> no, we won't need them. I just want to meet Jesus one time and ask Jesus a question. Doesn't matter what the question is, but I want Jesus to respond, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How great well, was that? I feel that way about my husband. Well, there you go. The Vikings win the Super Bowl. I don't have a... They're never going to win the Super Bowl, Tom. I'm Jesus. <laughs> I, I, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen. I like hockey. <laughs> that, that, that it's still picture. my favorite poster of all time. You miracle. know about that poster, uh-huh. don't you? There's a guy in the NFL, scores a touchdown, and he gets down on one knee and starts praying to Jesus, thanking him for the touchdown. That's in the top right corner. And then the bottom left corner is Jesus with his feet up watching hockey. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. He's Not watching even hockey. a football fan. He, I don't care about football. Really, but. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice, though, if we did look at religion that way? That it's enjoyable and it's funny and it you know instead of oh they're gonna condemn you to suffer forever calm down you haven't people. been in church for a while have you I was in church what a couple months ago yeah we go to we in spurts we go to church in spurts we do <laughs> well like one of the things that baffles me too is the whole Holy Land you know in Jerusalem. And my son was asking me about it, and I'm like, you know, if you're really a believer in God and the book and everything, wouldn't the entire globe be holy land since God created it? Why are they fighting over a piece of dirt? I agree. I I think it's so stupid. This is my dirt. I know. Well, they've got their reasons. Relax about your dirt. Religion can make people nuts. Oh, yeah. God, can it? Politics and religion. No, it's one it of the is. same. It is politics and religion. It is the same. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. It's the same yeah, argument. It my, absolutely is. My uh, religion is secularism, or my religion is, yeah, it's it's political. Same How about, concept, different topic. Mm-hmm. How about there's many of a religion that has ruined faith? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, because I think good. to your core, there's a faith mm-hmm. that yeah, you have of that. a higher power or whatever, and how you get there, I mean, I think that's... That's the deal. I think the revelation is when you die, and you're there. It's like holy crap. Yeah. That, you know, we're all in. We're all in this together. Yeah. I just love it. That, honestly, my whole life, my entire life, my mother adored the Virgin Mary because she was a woman. She loved a godly woman. She thought it was the greatest thing in the world. She's dying, and she says, "Tommy, I don't know if I'm ready to die." I hold her hand and said, "Mom, come on. You know." You go on to the next world. You'll meet, uh, you know, God and Jesus, and and your hero. You can you'll meet the Virgin Mary, and she goes, oh, "Don't give me that. That's, <laughs> that's nice. just fabulous. That's really that, nice." Well, that's your it? mother. That's that's toots all the way right there. That oh my God, the mother. show's over already. Oi! Oh. Yes. I looked. Oi! The show's over. Grab your shekels. We're heading out. Well, thank you. This was very very enjoyable. Lovely guests. Wonderful guests. And it was nice to sit and just. I wish people would sit and schmooze like this on podcasts and radio all the time because we might understand we actually enjoy one another's company. And I'm, be take, good. I'm taking bets on the tooth. Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> you're going to have to tell us. Good God, when, you're when's unbelievable. When's the you, next two? time is coming up? I am going to the dentist to have it permanently cemented. It'll be fine. Boy, look at the time. I'd love to schmooze Tom Bernard Joe. See you later.